Hey guys, welcome to the first podcast of... <clears throat> oh, he's bowled it already. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to the first MSC Performance Podcast of 2021. Uh, today there is myself, uh, Mark and Sonia. We're going to be doing an overview of 2020 from a training perspective. So we're going to be having a look at MSC as a club. We're going to be having a look at uh, the trends in training and how the uh, lockdown affected everyone's views on training and perceptions of of kind of what they feel they need to be doing in terms of the gym and also outside of the gym. And then we're going to have a talk about 2021 and what we think uh, the trends are going to be like and what's going to become bigger, what's going to become less popular. And yeah, just going to have a, a nice open discussion. So do you want to say hello, Mark and Sonia? Yeah, hi guys. Uh, good, to, good to be back on a podcast. It's been a little while and um, happy new year to, to all those who we haven't seen since we've been closed. Um, yeah, looking forward to today's podcast, getting back into it, and uh, some really interesting uh, discussion points to go through. So, uh, yeah, let's get getting. At this point, we're pretty much exclusively making podcasts only during lockdowns when we've got uh, more time yeah. available. But the, yeah. the intent is to try and make them a little bit more frequently. So if there's anything that you want us to cover, uh, maybe Q&A topics or anything in particular that wants to delve in a little bit deeper, uh, feel free to drop us a message or a comment via Instagram or via this uh, YouTube video. Um, yeah, we want to try and get it a little bit more popular and want to put more information out there that you might not get or, or to elaborate a little bit more on stuff that we talk about a lot in our Q&A. So if there's anything that you want to talk about, uh, yeah, please feel free to comment. So let's get stuck in first to MSC. Uh, we'll talk about uh, 2020 first. So it's a very uh, stop-start year, but you want to talk us through, Mark, about uh, 2020 as a whole? Yeah, it's definitely been a challenging year for us uh, as a as a gym. Um, it's been you know challenging for for everybody, hasn't it? In you know in different ways, and uh, I think because of that, we try not to you know try not to sort of put a strop on too much, and you know keep uh, keep positive as best as uh, as we can with what's been going on. Um, luckily, we've got just a such a brilliant membership base, such a great community. Um, who have who have kept us alive? So, you know, there's been bits and pieces of help from the from the government, but you know, that that cash hasn't really touched the touched the sides really. If we, you know, if all our members had um, had packed in and cancelled their memberships, especially during that long lockdown last summer, then we wouldn't be here. You know, we would would be out of business. So, um, it's been you know, despite being challenging, it's been um character building and rewarding if that's the right word like just seeing that community coming together and sticking by as you know we've had people drop off of course we have as any as any gym would and it's been you know you know it's understandable and in fairness the mem you know the few members that did leave messaged us and just said look because of this because of that you know being laid off from work or whatever um but everyone's been really supportive and you know that's 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 been amazing really and that's helped us um you know st you know keep keep alive um so it's funny you know we had a real strong start to the year first two or three months and obviously the lockdown came good support from the members um you know we were fortunate we we're in a position to lend out our kit uh, to members to keep them strong i think you know sonia ben delivering a lot of great classes to keep everyone motivated and fit and strong and then when we reopened, um, you know, we 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 had a big we had a big boom. To be honest, we had a great great few months. Um, great to see everyone back. Lots of new members. Um, 
obviously adhering to all the all the rules and regulations and then shut in November that was a bit of a kick in the teeth because that you know slowed the momentum down um and then obviously open December closed again but you know again we say you know trying to stay positive and trying to move forward as uh, as best as we can we've managed to uh, still achieve a lot um during that first lockdown especially we you know although we couldn't be open and deliver what we wanted to deliver it was a real good opportunity for um me as a director and us as a team to go away and you know put our heads together and think right how can we make this even better um how can we provide an even better service how can we make you know msc uh, the best it can be and i think you know we did maximize that that off period in that especially in that first lockdown where we went away um we completely revamped and, and massively improved the barbell club that we were offering developed a new app developed a whole new new system new website um we did a lot of work in the gym to improve the aesthetics and you know the um the kind of you know the the, the deep cleans the every you know everything that we did to get prepared as possible so you know we've still you know managed to somehow move forward a little bit we've managed to do a load of charity work as well um which has been which has been amazing so the strength of the community it seems so far it seems so far away that um we did the uh the role from melbourne to, to sydney i forgot that that was 2020 until we watched the uh, the documentary on uh, netflix um yeah. but that was crazy that that was in january um and it's so easy to forget the amount of work that we did at the start of the year in terms of the charity work um oh. yeah that was pretty cool um that, that, yeah that does seem like so so long ago this time last year yeah yeah, uh, yeah we decided to do a, think, a row from uh, sydney to melbourne um probably not realizing quite how <laughs> how far uh, and it, was, uh, it, was, it was better it was better than ben's original idea of uh, from london to sydney yeah yeah i think it was it was uh, amazing team effort by you know members were chipping in and we managed to raise a couple of grand i think uh, which was, was great yeah and, uh, i think uh ben finished it off with a 50k row didn't he on the last uh yeah and we actually went slightly over the um the target i think it was like 900 and something kilometers and we ended up you know a thousand so it was a, it was a million meters basically we made in the end so yeah, yeah it's pretty cool yeah i think that kind of kick-started the year then with the uh with the lockdowns like the focus and extra charity work and i think in particular ben being quite creative with everything um starting with the uh the marathon in the garden, which I don't think Neymar was too happy about because the state of the grass after, but uh, that was pretty cool. Literally, like a you know, it's a modest, modest sized garden, isn't it? Like square, and yeah, just running around in a square for 26 miles. Um, for those of you who follow us, you'll know, you'll know Ben's, um, yeah, a bit of a bit of a lunatic with that, uh, with that kind of stuff, but as as. As you say, Luke, like it's certain things have had to be put on hold, but I think again, it's that trying to be as positive as possible and think, right, what what can we do, you know, and what what and what we were able to do in that three or four months with the lockdown was develop the develop the business to make our product even better for members when we reopened, and then also a load of charity work. It's like, right, okay, we can't, you know, we can't do this and that, but we've got you know a couple hundred people here who you know, we can, we can, you know, we can try and do something, uh, 
do something to help others. So that's pretty cool. Sonia, how have you uh, how have you found it from like the perspective of, of of coaching, like in terms of like your your PT and and your weightlifting coaching? How have you found like having to adapt everything for like home sessions and having to be reactive to whatever the government say? How have you found it? I think that like it kind of put everyone into position where in the first lockdown um, people started to focus on on the different as aspects like usually the things we normally kind of all neglect in the gym so I think like at the beginning everyone was kind of like pretty chilled about it like I'm gonna do something else in the meantime like I'm gonna go for a run you know it was during summer so I think people were training outside outdoor in the garden so I think the panic wasn't there that much as then happened in November and now was like I know let's say from the powerlifting perspective like people kind of got a lot of kids for, for their like garage gym and stuff but for the for the weightlifting perspective from my point of view um, I think it, it could have been a bit of a struggle especially for those who were just new into it like I think the athletes like GB athletes probably still have some sort of access to gym um, or they have home set up as well so I don't think they're struggling that much and obviously British weightlifting kept doing the online online thing like online competition um, but yeah I think like we just had to adapt to something completely new um, I think it was a big push for like own online online thing online business online coaching so I think it also gave you something positive out of I, I agree with what you said there in terms of like the first lockdown everyone was like quite almost like use it as an opportunity to say okay I'm going to try and make myself feel as, uh, as bulletproof and as injury free as we can and I think the first podcast we did Mark talked about how this was going to be uh, a blessing in disguise uh, where people were going to come away feeling much better fitter uh, got rid of any niggles and then absolutely attack the, the final half of the year which didn't quite materialize uh, but one thing we're going to talk about in terms of like 2020 later on is that at one point it seemed that everyone was going to move away from like feeling like the need to train at gyms and that almost gyms were going to be in trouble from from everyone getting so so much out of the home sessions. Yeah. Then I think through the second and now the third lockdown, I don't know how you found it, Sonia, but like motivation-wise from clients is is definitely definitely dropping each time, and I think people are starting everyone to realise that. Yeah. And. Well, you can definitely train from home, and it can be if it can be quite novel to begin with. Um, that the, nothing beats the environment of, of training in the gyms, and I think that's definitely been something that's that's happened from from the first lockdown compared to the third. Is that people are absolutely like ready to get back to gyms and start training hard, and nothing quite replaces um, having think, a full access to a gym. I think the online platform kind of strengthened um, the community even more. Because like we had to keep in touch um, in like virtual reality, isn't it? And then like now everyone's kind of demanding the environment. Like it's not just the same doing a class in your kitchen or your living room, especially with those who work from home. Like they do everything in one or two rooms. So we hoping or uh, what I'm hearing is probably everyone's demanding the gym like actual gym kit 100% even people that have like really good kit at home like it's still struggling motivation wise like I've got mm. a, a couple of clients that have got like a full gym like I've literally got everything and I haven't trained and it's nothing to do with the lack of equipment it's just to do with not having yeah. the environment and almost that routine of going to the gym like you said if you, if you work in eating sleeping in the same 
like room or two trying to then train in that same room is so difficult compared to having the routine of packing your gym bag eating something before the gym and actually going there the routine just isn't there and people are really struggling with it so i think that there's definitely going to be a massive push to getting back into gyms and, and thriving in the environment versus training at home which was quite enjoyable i think to begin with and the novelty was was there but definitely worn out pretty quick yeah i'd agree with that i think like just the, the feedback we got from people as well and like you could just see it online on social media and stuff that that first month back in the summer like it was almost like a bit of a buzz from it like oh they, you know this is pretty cool and train at home you know especially for you know notice with your you know a lot of your powerlifters as well was like right a bit of a bit of a break from barbell work let's do some you know let's do some accessories let's you know give yeah. ourselves a bit of a different stimulus um but that that seemed to wear off pretty pretty quick yeah. uh the novelty uh wore off it's certainly gone now i think and i think it went in the first month or or two of, of summer to be honest yeah I think that so we was going to we was going to speak about trends in 2021 and one of the big things that we we think is going to happen is a shift away from specificity um uh, in terms of everything from like a general populations instead of being boxing to doing these like specific lifts from powerlifters doing SPD all the time weightlifters just doing like very bulgarian-esque style training uh we think that there's going to be a shift away from like specificity and do you think it's been influenced by home sessions or I guess that like just doing exclusively, you know, split squat ISO holds and hamstring curls is, is very tedious. But do you think that people, the, the reason that there is going to be this shift away from specificity is because of some of the home sessions, like you can take certain aspects away from it? I think people probably realise that if we talk about powerlifting, I think they kind of maybe enjoy that as well um, and maybe boosted their training a little bit like actually realizing that I can probably a bit fitter with doing maybe some accessories, which, you know, if, if you're a so you probably work around SBD. Um, I think like people Whoa. maybe realize, well, <laughs> Whoa. We, 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 we sometimes, sometimes do our accessories as Tilka Clover. Like, uh, okay. Like rotational work with med ball. No, I think people no, are really maybe not. Try new th- <laughs> like new things and, uh, I think they genuinely realize like maybe I should walk a bit more and like maybe they realize where their fitness actually stands. Where I think at the beginning of the first lockdown, they realized that they can't really do anything else or they maybe weren't that fit. Um, if, if you know what I'm trying to say, like, you know, like 100%. I think people like myself adapted quickly because I was like, well, I'm just going to do this and it's completely fine. Whereas maybe some people were like, okay, I don't have a barbell and wait, what I'm going to do now. I think it'll make people um, think less less scared to come. You know, we spoke about it last summer, Luke, when like when we reopened, we were quite surprised how quickly people got it got it got it back. Yeah, especially powerlifters yeah. and weightlifters. Um, and I think they'll, you know, I mean, it's probably the, I think we spoke about it like the first time that for powerlifters, you've probably gone a month or two months, like three months without programming in squat bench deadlift and the same with the olympic lifters and, and the same with rugby players as well like yeah. you know the first time you haven't had a big yeah. pull in there you haven't had a big trap bar or a big deadlift or whatever um and then you realize that you know okay we don't want to go too far that way and say right we don't you know moving forward we can program with you know without three months of of the year without you know those those big specific movements but i think we've realized now and probably um 
you know, we could probably say as a powerlifter, right, okay, that, you know, after, after, after your big main comp of the year, there's no drama in doing four, you know, four weeks, possibly six, eight weeks of just, you know, having a bit of a break from, from, from the barbell or obviously it's very individual. It depends on skill level, et cetera, et cetera. Um, with weightlifters as well, like, you know, okay, we've, we've done the British or whatever. We can actually have four weeks of just good general prep work and we're not going to lose a lot. Whereas before that was probably never, ever tested from a coaching point of view. Like I'd never coached an Olympic lifter where there wasn't snatch and jerk in the program. Yeah. Around, you know, like variants of obviously hangs and powers and stuff, but and, and and imagine with Luke is probably the same of you know coaching powerlifters and for me coaching rugby players. You'd never have a month of like not at least doing a little bit of uh, specificity. But I think we've probably realised now that you know it's it's not going to kill you. It's probably actually you know let's say a month. Yeah. You know, let's generalise and say a month a month a year. You know, or two. You know, one one month every six months. We can actually have a bit of a break from those those main lifts. Um, be a bit more round, do a bit more conditioning work, build up a bit, you know, a bit of volume accumulation or aerobic base or whatever, and it'll actually come back and transfer quite nicely. I think when you talk about like the home sessions, like we, we all know that they're not the most optimal in terms of like long-term training, but like if you look at the trends from it, like you said, the people that were were disciplined and carried on doing three, four sessions a week, even with very minimal equipment, they came back to the gym. And then within like three, four months, they were hitting like all-time PBs. I'm not saying that that's the most optimal way, but maybe somewhere in the middle where we're doing a lot more variations further out, coming away completely from the competition lifts. And I think there's definitely like a sweet spot in the middle where, like you say, we're coming away from the specific movements that we're trying to get better at and, and looking at like long-term trends rather than these short-term, which I think we've all been... Uh, we've all done in the past where we just look exclusively at short-term trends versus looking at the longer-term picture. And I think that now that we're now like doing a month away from doing a clean and jerk and doing like variations of that or doing variations of the squat that may be more focused towards like technical issues, like you said, Mark, or potentially more about like driving hypertrophy and looking at that long-term pattern, like three, four months down the line might have a really good positive effect. So I don't think we're ever going to train exclusively like we had to in lockdown, but taking those key points away and adding more variability in, in terms of like trying to drive a specific adaptation is definitely going to be uh, the future of 2021, I think. And that's the same with, with, yeah, with anything in, uh, in fitness. I think we've covered this on one of our other podcasts is, you know, the saying, don't throw the baby out of the bathwater type thing, you know, don't go completely Big time. use common sense. Um, you know, stick stick with Rucci you know, but yeah. like, you know, learn learn from these learn from these bits, but then don't go all in one sure. way or all I, I think we spoke a, a little bit about like probably the reason why these these extremes work is just because the novel stimuluses again. So if you've done a period of time of just doing like singles a, a certain way, like an eight RPE was the massive one. It's just a novel stimulus and you get this mad return on it. Um, and then another trend comes in and then you phase into that and it's novel again, so you make more gains. But ultimately, I think in terms of longevity, the, the sweet spot is, is definitely somewhere in the middle. Um, so looking at like these exercises to drive hypertrophy or to drive like technical issues is going to be better long term than just having the same lift over and over again. And that variability can be massive from like a, a psychological perspective as well of just keeping you motivated to get into the gym. And after a while of training, you'll, you'll know as well, Sonia, from like weightlifting, just it's, it's slow progress but if you can just switch in a new exercise and start to see some good progress on that 
from a mentality perspective, that can be uh, really positive as well. And the, the belief that you're going to make gains is huge. I think that's something we spoke about in terms of like that, you know, let's say if you have a, a pull-up variation or a chin-up variation, like if one doesn't suit you, you don't have to do it. Like just pick things which actually suit you and you can make them better or like for the squat or just you know like as you say in the mental mental side of the of the effect like people probably realize these things um and i think that's going to be the big change um um we're trying to kind of implement it in the barbell club as well like giving people more options um like variation of choice um preference yeah i think like uh you know we talked specifically about like powerlifting weightlifting we'll talk about like team sports in a second but from a general perspective um yeah the big thing i think is going to be like more options within a specific movement archetype where before it would have been like we maybe would have got majority of people doing a deadlift there's definitely now a lot more flexibility in what movement people are going to be selecting um like you said for for deadlift we've got people doing trap bar while many deadlift normal deadlift the squat is the bigger one. A lot of people just cannot get into a good high bar or low bar back squat position. So we've got people using the SSB. We've got people doing front squats, goblet squats, uh, belt squat, leg press, something that fits within the archetype and not just pushing everyone into this specific movement just because people feel that they have to do this movement. We get a lot of people that come in just like general populations that think they have to squat, not quite understanding that we've got the movement archetype yeah. of a squat, but there's so many options that we can uh, choose between for, for general populations when you might want to get stronger and you might want to get fitter, but your actual goal isn't to get good at the low bar back squat. It could just be, I need to get stronger. I think with... And uh, that's why they need the gym um, and the coaches and the programs to kind of get the advice. Because as you said, like people are misleading, misled, like basically they think they have to squat and they see a powerlifter doing squat, so they want to do it the same way. Um, but obviously they, some people would never get to a certain weight unless they actually make this squat stronger doing different variations. Um, so yeah, that's the whole new era, hopefully. Were you going to say something, Mark? Yeah, just, uh, I mean, it's just to emphasize that point really of like the, the variations and stuff. And it's like, you, you write about, you know, for example, like you are going to get that, that occasional person that the back squat just isn't, isn't quite working for, whether it's high bar or low bar. And, rather than trying to sort of shoe on that movement in and, you know, spend half your life rolling around on the, on the grass, on the foam roller and doing mobility stuff and trying to, you know, trying to force something that just isn't quite natural, you know, are you better off using yeah. a variation, loading it, getting some volume through it, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I think, you know, I used to be quite like that training myself, to be honest, like really trying to force you know, a good high bar back squat, where it's probably not, you know, a six foot three and femurs. I'll never forget your, uh, your low bar attempt, uh, that you, you tried a low bar for about three weeks. Yeah, uh, rugby shoulders. Uh, yeah, rugby shoulders didn't like that. Too. Um, you know, it was actually like, you don't, don't necessarily need to do that, yeah. that specific movement, you know, load it up for a slightly different, pattern a slightly different variation that suits your suits your body type more and and get on with it you know get on with I think it's, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's 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 
it's a moving target as well. So like to begin with, it might be a case of like, you can't get into a, a good high bar low bar squat. Let's get you on the belt squat. Let's get you on the SSB. Let's drive some adaptation. And then we might see like different changes in both strength in terms of movement qualities. And then later down the line, yeah. it's something that you can potentially pursue as you've, you, you've created the adaptation, your movement quality has improved, your strength and stability has improved. And uh, now we can try the low bar squat, but it's not pigeonhole it into this one, um, this one movement, like we said. So yeah. I think that is really gone. Without going off on too much of a tangent with this, but like, yeah, I think that's one of the one of the keys, isn't it? Is saying right, okay, you've got, let's say, you've got that six foot three rugby player, or whatever. Let's you know, let let's load the belt squat or let's load the box squat, whatever. Let's you know, get a volume through it. Let's load it. So we're building strength, we're accumulating volume, we're getting the neural stimulus, but you know, perhaps with your accessory work, that's where you grab a, a kettlebell and do a deep goblet squat with your heels elevated or you know whatever it is you, you you kind of get as much bang for your buck out of the big movements as possible that suit you as as an individual um and then sort of plug away on the side of that on perhaps those little loaded mobility you know drills to sure. try and work work towards that and like i say along with you know if i'm loading if i'm loading the belt squat up you know, I'm, over time, I'm going to be gradually improving my, you know, my patterns and my, my you know, my depth and yeah, my strength in those deeper positions anyway. And then, you know, you maybe at the end of that session, you're doing your your adductor work or your goblet squat or you're throwing in the odd mobility drill, and then you come back to you know saying right, okay, well, maybe, you know, let's let's try and you know, I'm still doing my loaded belt squat, but I'm going to start with an empty bar on the on the high bar. And I'm gradually going to build that up, and then potentially that's in a position there to to overtake and become your your, your new movement. And if it's yeah. not, then it doesn't matter. It's okay. So looking at the uh, the variability within training from like a powerlifting perspective, we spoke about like coming away from these movement archetypes and looking at like longer term uh, trends, which I think is definitely the the next step forward. And I think looking at it from a perspective, like I like to to, to program into to GPP blocks and SPP, so general physical preparedness and specific and, and people call it different things like the big thing at the minute is a hypertrophic block and a strength block it's the same kind of idea uh, but a general block can look different for two different people so for someone that's already highly skilled and highly developed like we spoke about mark it might be more like hypertrophy driven so currently my training program looks like doing um, a low amount of like the competition list we're talking like one or two sets and then driving hypertrophy through more variation of exercises which offers like novelty uh, offers good progression week a week, which never happens now. I've been training a long time. Um, but most importantly, it offers like full range of motion movements and developing hypertrophy. We know that the best thing to do is going for like a bigger range as we can. So an example is like going deadlift into stiff leg deadlift or Romanian deadlift. So I think that's a big one. And then looking at it from a perspective of someone that might be a little bit newer and hasn't quite developed um, the skill of someone that's a bit more seasoned, um, spending that job, kind of general phase working different variations that are based around driving the adaptation of improving the skill so lots of tempo work lots of pause work um, and then maybe using machines to drive hypertrophy as well is is definitely the way that I think that's going to keep progressing rather than just say you want to be good at squat just do squat all the time I think that adding this extra variation is going to be the big trend um, in 2021 from a powerlifting perspective from a rugby perspective we spoke a little bit about uh, like you've never had this amount of time um in your 37 years of life uh, to train for uh for rugby so um <laughs> 
what um what, what have you saw that's different both of like obviously you're going to be a little bit more directly with your SSC than, than some of your teammates at, at Bourneville but like what have you noticed like with this extra training um what are people doing with the time and do you is there some kind of different focus from a, a team sport perspective that you see it is um I mean it, the interesting thing here is the is the time that is the the kind of key word here is like normally um you know you finish up the season around april um you might even be playing some county stuff in the summer and some seven stuff in the summer um and then you generally from my experience i could say you probably get about four weeks off um four week off season and then you're back to pre-season um so over the years the uh the, the time that you have off is is has been getting less and less and less and the season's been getting longer and longer and longer um, people have been linking that to you know to higher injury rates and all this kind of stuff. It's really hard because you sort of think you know from an S and C point of view, your off season, um, you know, is your big chance to get some some gains uh, for lack of a better word. Um, but four weeks isn't a lot of time to to implement those changes. Even when you get back to pre season, you're normally getting absolutely flogged. You know, two or three times a week down the club. You know, with you know, uh, an insane amount of running volume and things like that. So it can be really hard to um, to squeeze in everything that you need to need to do. And then all of a sudden, it's like the complete opposite. It's just like a ridiculously long off-season, essentially. So, um, you know, but at the same time, it is difficult when people have had lack of access to, uh, to, to gyms. But um, essentially what you're doing is you're looking to, you know, essentially as vertical integration as, as it always is. But you are, you know, similar to yourself, I think, Luke, just, you know, you're prioritizing perhaps, you know, different elements as you, as you go along. So um, for me, you know, during the majority of what we're doing has been, you know, a big, big emphasis on hypertrophy. Um, and alongside that has been maintaining strength, maintaining a bit of speed, um, maintaining maybe a bit of an aerobic base, maybe letting that slip off a little bit. Um, so that it's been a real good opportunity to um, do your accessory work, do your hypertrophy work, real good uh, variety of exercise selection, um, different, you know, unilateral work, different planes of movement, et cetera, et cetera. So the big focus so far has been, has been that and accumulating volume and, and like I said, you know, doing some of the things, you know, you don't get time for. So trying to make yourself as bulletproof as possible. Um, with with your strength work, it's a real good opportunity to you know five sixes sevens eights that sort of stuff, and really drilling in technique. So again, going back to what we were talking about previously with you know squat technique, pulling technique, etc. It's been a good opportunity to actually say, well, let's actually spend a bit of time. You know, if we, if we hit almost the high trophy stuff hard, and then the strength stuff could be slightly sub you know obviously sub maximal percentages, but developing the skill quite a bit and also with the, the the speed and plyometric work it's a good opportunity to you know do, i mean do i need to be going flat out at the moment do i need to be doing you know advanced plyometrics probably not i just want to maintain a bit of a stimulus at the moment but it's a good opportunity to you know with your jumps you know sticking your landings doing some lateral bounds um doing a lot of sprint technique work and things like that um and then gradually that will build um, towards, you know, we'll, 
sort of slowly come out of this hype, you know, hypertrophy phase and into a big strength block. And the luxury is it could be, I mean, we don't know how long it's going to be, which makes it difficult, yeah. but you know, I'd say it's going to be at least an eight or a 12 week, you know, strength focus block. And again, you know, vertical integration, we're doing everything. So, you know, we're, we're going to transfer into that, you know, into that heavier stuff. And like, it's absolutely unheard of to have like 12 weeks with no games to recover from with no, um, you know, training, you know, field-based training to come from to, to build up that strength. But obviously it's difficult with gyms closed at the moment. So people are going to have to do what they can, but that's where the isometric can come in, the, you know, yielding ISOs and things like that. Um, and then generally speaking, you'd come, you know, you'd build that, that strength and then you would, when we start to get a bit of a clue as to what's going on, you'd just transfer over to more, more of your rate of force development stuff, your, your power stuff. Um, and uh, then, you know, your speed and pliers. So it's almost like, um, it's not to be confused with old school block periodization, but you, it's vertical integration, you're keeping everything, but you're just changing the priorities as you yeah. go. But it's been a fantastic opportunity to... Um, to, to to do the the corrective work, you know, real real slow, steady aerobic work. You know, don't need to be doing necessarily like mass type aerobic stuff or um, you know broncos or real hard like yeah. aerobic stuff. Has been a good opportunity to say right, just do a bit of you know a bit of steady work. You know, tempo if you you know if, if you want to push to that. Um, Would you say that similar to like the powerlifting and rugby where we've said about? Um, like people finding this sweet spot do you think that now moving into like when you get back a chance to to get into your rugby training that the coaches if you've come in and i know not everyone's going to have been really disciplined with the training and people will find it hard and might not have had the equipment you have but do you think there'll be this kind of slight shift um into like integrating more like traditional s because i think it's safe to say england in terms of like the semi-professional and below levels is probably behind in terms of strength and conditioning but do you think if everyone comes back in like in good shape everyone's strong injury free and able to tolerate more of like the traditional rugby training do you think there'll be a shift in terms of the the direction that they take the training yeah i think i mean first of all i think like you know snc and management of players is going to be as important as ever um, as we gradually get closer towards, you know, towards pre-season and, and games. Um, you're going to have, I think, you know, again, like, a, you know, we're at a semi-pro level. You're going to have, you know, like you say, at that level, an amateur level, you're going to have some guys who have had access to a bit of kit and have trained probably better than ever because they've had the time and the recovery you have some guys who haven't quite been motivated and and done a lot um and and that's with kind of conditioning like the aerobic side of things and also the the strength side of things so you can have guys coming back with you know all you know all sorts of different levels i think which is going to make the the management of players and the build-up towards the season harder than ever i mean if we let's say we play our first game you know let's say we have some pre-season games in august you know that's going to be well over a year since since anyone's done any yeah. contact training, and then if you imagine some blokes won't have even done any strength work, it, it's going to be real steady. So I really, I really hope clubs um, get the right advice, but also just a real steady return to play 
protocol. Do you know what I mean? Like even go, you know, go in rugby, attend, you know, you know what it's like. You've seen the rugby guys train down the gym in terms of conditioning work. It's very old school. It's like, right, gasser, yeah. gasser. Suicide, yeah. You've got to be blowing. Um, whereas hopefully now it's like, you know, can you imagine like blokes I've done only running for 12 months or limited and then they're going in and doing, yeah. you know, bronco tests and suicides, yeah. suicides and stuff. And it's, you know, we're looking, you know, to, you know, put like dying and puking all over the place. So hopefully... Can I come and watch the first training session? You can't watch anything, mate, with your record. I want to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> You've been to watch... I want to see some 130 kilo boys where I'm running gases. They haven't done anything for you. Uh, that's, that's your man to watch. He's going to be uh, in the Hurt Locker after this break. But um, <laughs> you've watched seven games and we've lost seven times that you've come to watch. Even last yeah. season, we'd won every game until, uh, what was it, about you know, February or something like that. And, uh, yeah. Luke comes to watch his first game of the season. We get dicked. Uh, yeah. But, uh, they might, yeah, so like, hopefully there's a real slow, like holistic approach where like, there's a bit of build-up before we do the aerobic stuff. Um, and uh, we're not just smashing yeah. smashing the shit out of each other, which is normally how it would go. <laughs> I guess the last point that uh, I want to touch on, I guess it links as well to, to rugby players, but I'll ask you this, Sonia. Is that, like, I think another good shift is, like you touched on earlier about people not having access to gyms, but being in control more of, like, their step counts, their nutrition. I think the step counts has been massive last year, and I think that's going to be... Uh, uh, going to continue to trend that way and I think more people are getting fit watches and Fitbits etc um, are going to be more in control of stuff outside of the gym um, do you think that's going to continue to be the case? Um, definitely I think people kind of got into as you said the fit watches and stuff and like now they're more in charge of their daily activity because that was something they were left with um, or I think like that was what was mostly recommended like at least try to keep active as much as you can so a lot of walking yeah. running so yeah i think this was a good boost and i think it will be utilized later on as well definitely um but I, the future of the gyms can be replaced because we know that that's necessary and people still still want it and hoping they will want yeah. more um yeah, I, just, I think from like a, a PT perspective, we've talked about this before, Mark, about when we worked in like commercial gyms that people would be sat down at a desk all day um, and then they'd come and do a session and they'd sit down and we talk about like the importance of actually standing up. And I think now that's just grown into this next level now where it's like, well, you're only training three or four times a week, which is fantastic, but you need to complement it with stuff outside of the gym. And we've always known this, but I think now it's been taken to this next level where it's like, right, you're training three, four times a week, fantastic. However, you need to be doing this to make sure that it complements your training and to get as much out of it as you can. And it's not as good enough just to, to train three to four times a week. We need to put a bit more emphasis on stuff outside of the gym. And I think that people being a bit more aware of their, their daily activity and, and finding other ways to be active rather than just at home is, is massive. And I think that will continue. And I think it's going to be a big positive when we get back to, to normal full training, which we know is the best thing to be doing. 100%. I think we've, you know, we were talking about this, you know, 10, 11 years ago, weren't we? yeah, as, as pioneers of strength conditioning. Yeah, we were talking about it 10 years ago saying like, you know, yeah, it's, you've got these, as you said, the, these guys sat at the desk all day, they come in, do, you know, do an hour. Spin, spin was the big one. Right. They've sat down at a desk like this and then they got on the spin bike like this. Exactly. Um, like, and, yeah, uh, one plane. but now, now it's definitely more like, um, popularized, people are more aware of it now. I think with, with the, 
you know, all your all your goons walking around with your your watches and stuff like that. Not bad. Um, yeah, so, uh, all your Garmin wankers. Um, so um, people people are more aware. And like you say, yeah, I've got a couple of guys who like, you know, perhaps looking for for weight loss, and it's like, right, you're doing. I mean, this is when gyms are gyms are open. Like, well, even when gyms are closed, he's saying, right, twice a week you're going to do your strength work, where we're going to make you as strong as possible so that you can absorb the forces of everyday life and all, all the all the benefits that I won't bang on about now about strength training but you know a couple of those are a week and then like but it's it's outside of that where you've got a you, you've got a you've got to move and you you know you can have two great gym sessions a week but if you're doing a thousand steps a day or you're not active if you sat at the desk all day then you know you're going to run into some uh, some problems so i think as coaches we've got to take responsibility um for you're not a life coach, but like you've got to take responsibility for setting perhaps those targets, keeping in touch with your your, your guys during the week as well. Was obviously something we try and do in the barbell club, or we do do very very successful in the barbell club. Is you know right, you're doing those sessions in the gym, that's great. What are you doing during the week? What's your step count? How active are you? Etc. Etc. And it's um, you know it is about that consistency. It's not sitting on your ass for four days and then coming in and doing a metcon. You know, and then go back to sit on your ass before they. It's. Uh, I think that's going to be a very individual thing because people are going to take it differently. But just the awareness that how much it adds up to actually doing activity outside the gym, and just understanding now that that doing two sessions a week and then spending the rest. We know that doing your sessions, then eating and drinking is shit is not going to be good for you. Um, but now knowing that, like, if your diet's fantastic, but you're training twice a week. You also need to complement this. And I think it's going to be an individual thing on how you... So some people respond really well to having like a daily target. Some people, it's a chase. Rather than giving them a number, just saying, go for a 10-minute walk once or twice a day. Everyone's going to have an individual target. But rather than it just being sort your nutrition out, get your training sessions in, it's definitely now going to be more of like a, a whole, looking at things from a whole. So your daily activity versus your your nutrition, your drinking, your sleeping is a massive one as well, which links into the Fitbits and the Garmin. Uh, looking at things from a whole perspective rather than your individual training is going to be the big thing as well. I couldn't agree more. Like, and that, that's, that's coaching, isn't it? Essentially, yeah. it's like that's what separates the, the good coaches from the bad, I think, um, or a large part of it is that individualization and like with, you know, example with the, with the Barbell Club where, you know, we're working off a, a set program and yeah, you know, where there are, um i'll say a set program there's lots of variations isn't there with you know we, we might be doing individual variations you know, yeah knee hip push pull carry but there's different variations of movement but it's not only that it's not only that it's like you know obviously we do the week you know we're doing the check-ins during the week and whatnot and it's different for everyone like you say some people you know it's just like right here's a weekly target for steps here's a you know some people it might be like right here's a daily target um and you know yeah as you say same same with nutrition as well is actually like right you know do we necessarily have to straight away be giving you know daily calorie targets and macros or can we just say right you know this is something new what we need to do is just for a month just track just track just track let's see where you're at and then it might be right let's say for a weekly average then we can maybe move forward but like people people react. some people it might not even be macros it might be a case of right okay eat a piece of fruit with two or three of your meals mentioning no names graham um <laughs> but you know like there's, there's different ways to give people a target depending on how they respond 
Um, but yeah, looking for a big That's where good coaches yeah. come to the fore, I think, and like you're not just following a program online. A set and roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five two diet or whatever diet fad is is out there. It's um, finding what you know what what works for you. Um, for the individual. So there we go, there's going to be more variability in training. Um, people are going to be fitted into one box. We're going to be seeing people doing different uh, movements within the archetypes. We're going to see more of a focus on stuff outside of the gym. And a lot of that has come down from the lockdown. So it's not all doom and gloom. We've learned a lot. And I think once uh, the gym's open back up, we're going to be thriving. And we're going to have learned a lot. And we're going to find that sweet spot of how we can progress our training on the best. I think we're going to wrap it up there. We wanted to talk a little bit about velocity training as well, something I've been using, but we'll save that for a blog. So Sonia's just written a blog on weightlifting shoes. So feel free to check that out if you want some extra reading during lockdown. So if you head to the MSC website and then go to blogs, you've got all the back catalogue, um, but the latest one by Sonia is a good read as well. So feel free to check that out. Uh, we'll be doing another podcast next week. So if there's anything that you want us to cover, please do give us a shout. Um, and yeah, we'll wrap it up there. We'll uh, see you all soon. Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks, guys. Decent.